We here at Engage Magazine and American Family Radio are proud of our military men and women, and we're extremely thankful for the job they do in defending our freedoms. That's why we're going to take a moment to reflect on those who serve our country. So instead of doing something quirky and funny like we normally do in the program, we're going to play some patriotic-sounding music. Making connections, affecting the culture, just doing life. It's Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. Wesley, this week we are focusing on veterans, a very small class of the American citizens because, I mean, you know, when you look at it statistically, there's not uh, just a predominant number of people who are serving in the military or in the armed forces. It's actually very low. I think it's only about 3% mm. of individuals. So uh, so we do want to focus on them, and that's why we have an entire day dedicated to, uh, you know, focusing, supporting, encouraging, and praying for our veterans. Uh, to help out with that, to help us discuss the needs of veterans today, we do have a guest that I've known <laughs> for a very long time, Wesley. Um, my in dad. Studio with us. Yeah, he's in studio. Uh, his name is Teddy James, and if that sounds familiar, it's because my parents are very uncreative when it con- <laughs> came to naming me. And uh, so, Dad, <laughs> that's uh, right, Teddy James. Thanks for being in studio with us. Glad to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. All right. So first off, tell us a little bit. You are command sergeant major in Mississippi National Guard. But what does that mean in civilian talk? I am the senior enlisted advisor uh, for a group. I have one commander that I answer to, and I represent all the enlisted people that fall under him. Right. I'm kind of their spokesman, their go-to. Yeah. Now, we also have another veteran that is on our program every day, whether you hear him or not, and that is our producer, Jeremy Wiggins. And, Jeremy, we, d- we do not want to go any further in our program without recognizing you and, first off, thanking you for your service. But also tell us a little bit about what you did in the, uh, in the armed forces. I was in the Air Force. Uh, I served four years at Nellis Air Force Base in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I was an F-15 avionics technician, uh, which means that while all of my friends were out on the flight line working on jets, I was in a 70-degree air-conditioned building in the middle of Las Vegas summer. So You, you really suffered <laughs> for your I did. Work. I suffered. Oh, it was so rough. Yeah, absolutely. So it, both of you guys have um, all this experience with the military, but you know when when we're focusing on millennials and what we always hear about our generation is that uh, you know millennials are uh, entitled and they're self-centered and self-obsessed and all of these different things. That your soldiers, uh, you represent the enlisted uh, enlisted military people. Uh, is that the picture you have? No, not at all. First, let me correct something you said earlier. You said around 3% mm-hmm. of society. Actually, it's less than 1% oh, is it? of our population serves the military. Now, to put that in perspective as to where millennials are there, 70 to 71% of those serving are millennials. Wow. I didn't know that. Yes. Uh, 18 to 25 years, we put quite a load on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. Uh they are asked to go and do things that most people will never be asked in their life, and they do it willingly. Yes, I keep hearing that they are lazy. They think they're entitled. What I see is could be no further from the truth. Uh, they are the young heroes now. Many of these were brought up in a generation where 9-11 had just happened. Mm. I joined uh, right after the Vietnam War. It was kind of a recovery stage. I got in for the benefits. 
the ones I see coming in now are coming in because they want to do good in the world. Mm. They want to go out, take care of people, and keep the democracy, the rights, and the freedoms we have every day available to each and every one of us. And they go wherever they do, whatever they're told in order to do it. You know, it's interesting. We're talking about the millennials. You know, our program here is we try to focus on reaching the millennials and giving them a perspective, a biblical worldview on all areas of life. And with Veterans Day coming up, we're really excited to have you in the studio. And just talking about, you you know, what you've experienced and what you've seen in the millennials' effort to serve, what what are some of the reasons that draw— because we've seen that we've also seen a huge decline, haven't we, in uh, people signing up to serve? Actually, it's not okay. a reduction in the number of people trying to enlist. Okay. It's a reduction in the number that are qualified. Oh, okay. We are turning, I say we, the military is turning a lot of people back mm-hmm. uh, because now we have said, had such an influx of these young heroes that we can pick and choose who oh, comes in. Okay. So Which the requirements are getting high. Yeah. Oh, yes, most definitely. Now, is this specifically in your branch, in the National Guard, or you're talking about in general with, with all the Military branches? Military-wide. Okay. Uh, and really, if you will watch society, you'll kind of see that trend. As I say, I got in in the late 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people were getting in because jobs couldn't be had. There were benefits, and they were giving people the option. You can go to jail or you can serve in the military. Yeah. Uh, you would think— we would have that issue now, but really we don't. We had such an influx after 9-11. We had 40 to 50-year-olds trying to get in the military hmm. to go serve because of what happened in our country. Yeah. They wanted to go take care of things. Mm-hmm. We are still reaping the rewards of that. Good. Uh, we have a real influx of highly skilled people coming in. Uh, so we are. We're able to pick and choose as to who we get. You know, one of the questions I wanted to ask you before we come to our um, reset time here, I wanted to ask you, what are some uh, Bible verses that kind of keep you um, motivated or kind of keep you focused? during? Because your occupation is a little different than going to the factory or a little different than mm-hmm. going to help out with the youth. You know, being a youth pastor, there's different roles and different occupations. Yours is a little bit <laughs> <laughs> different. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you scripture that I share with my soldiers quite often, mm-hmm. and that is Ephesians 6, uh, where we are told to put on the full armor of God. Mm. If ever there's scripture written for someone in the military, that's it. Mm. Not only we can really relate that to what we have, because our equipment's constantly changing, mm-hmm. changing world, changing enemy, changing threat, so we can't stay the same. It's the same way with the spiritual armor that we put on every day. If we're not equipped properly, if we're not trained in how to use it, we might as well not even have it. Mm. So that is probably the scripture that sticks out more in my mind than anything else. Wow, and we've discussed that a lot on the program, and we got some good articles written around Ephesians 6. You're listening to Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. We're so grateful you listened this afternoon on a special edition with TJ's dad in the studio to, to discuss Veterans Day. And we want to recognize all those that are listening, that are that have served and, and that are serving now. And with those that know people that serve, be sure to tell your um, those people that you know that served Thank them for what they do. And I wouldn't take it way past just Veterans Day. We just want to remind you on Veterans Day, but even beyond Veterans Day, as I do often when I'm in the mall or when I'm at eating out and I see someone dressed up or even police officers, I like to remind them, hey, thank you so much for serving. So 
TJ? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, and there's so many different things that we need to be doing in uh, on Veterans Day and around Veterans Day, and I think Jeremy's got something he wants to add. Well, I one of the things that I experienced when I was in, I joined when I was 24 years old, and when you have a lot of these young people, sir, who are coming in, they're given a lot of freedom. Once they get past their basic training in their tech schools and they're out there in the world, you've got some of these kids who come straight out of high school they join the military, and now they have all of these new freedoms being out in the world and alone. And a lot of times that can get them into trouble. <laughs> How do you help keep your soldiers grounded, especially when we're looking at these you know, 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old kids mm-hmm. who are, are now uh, have all of this newfound freedom? How do you keep them grounded? Well, I'll have to say— uh Getting into trouble knows no age limit. Uh, <laughs> I've yeah. known this guy. I can attest to TJ's that. TJ's looking at his dad when he said that. So, I mean, or we have TJ's the same dad issues at him? with yeah. many. Uh, and the best thing or, or really the worst thing anyone in the military can suffer through is boredom. Mm. Because if they're bored, their mind begins to wander, especially if they're away from home. Mm-hmm. That's when the anxiety sets in, the loneliness so the best thing we can do is keep something happening all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things we do. We try to keep something for them. Uh, I can remember the last deployment, we were putting on five and six Bible studies a week. And it was all for people in different stages of their Christian walk. Mm-hmm. They were actually eating it up, not only because they were hungry for the Word, which many of them hadn't heard, they were also looking for something to do, something to prevent them from setting around. Yeah, so. and, and you mentioned deployments. Now, how many, now, before you went to the Mississippi National Guard, you were in the Navy for four years. Correct. Um, how many deployments have you been on since you joined at 17 or 18 when you joined? Uh, I joined at 17. Yeah. So how many times have you been deployed? Uh, with the Mississippi National Guard, I have been deployed twice overseas, we were set up to go once, and there was a small storm came through the coast of Mississippi called Katrina. Mm-hmm. And I spent the next four months putting it back together. Uh, while I was in the Navy, I made four cruises to different areas of the world. Yep. So the, these teenagers and young 20s that you're working with that are, you know, they're away from home, they're serving, uh, they're seeing things that, that civilians, I don't care how many war movies you've seen, they see, experience, hear, smell, do things that we cannot comprehend. How do they go from that to coming back home? And it's not just a young issue, but it's any veteran. But how do they go from that to going back to becoming a car mechanic or teaching schools or just being mom and dad? That is a problem for many. That has caused a lot of issues when people come back because now we're having it recognized as PTSD. Mm-hmm. It's a failure to adapt. We take a young man or a young lady, and we put them in an environment to where they are constantly in danger. They have one person they can depend on. That's their battle buddy, we call them. Mm-hmm. They have that person. That person they know has their back, and they're asked to see things that most people should never have to experience. But uh, we do. Then we bring them back home, and we expect them to fit right back into society with no decompression time. Mm-hmm. It's caused a lot of problems. Some overcome it. Some put on the strong front. 
I just spoke with several last week about this, and it was so much better when there was a group of us that had been through it that could relate, and Mm -hmm. that's what we need is that time to talk. Yeah, in the last few minutes that we have, because there's a lot of civilians out there that simply can't really connect to that. Um, Yeah, absolutely. How can we, two-part question, how can we pray for them first? How can we pray for soldiers not just those that are going through PTSD, um, but those who aren't because even they still need have needs. And then how can we serve them? What are some practical things that we can do? So first, how to pray and then how to serve. As far as praying for them, uh, that they will find that peace. And many honestly pray that the love of Christ will be made available and abundantly clear to them. Hmm. That's what they need more than anything. That's what's gotten me through the hard times. Amen. I can't imagine going through this and not knowing that there is a Savior there that you can constantly talk to. Yeah. Uh, so the first thing would be salvation, strengthening that the Lord would put someone in their lives yeah. mm-hmm. to, to walk with them. Yeah. And how, so, what about serving? Serving, just as you said earlier, someone walking up to me and shaking my hand mm-hmm. and telling me they appreciate what I do means a lot. I've had young children do it, uh, <laughs> and there's no feeling in the world like that. Other than that, taking care of families while they're separated from mm. them because that's a big thing. The first couple of weeks, yeah, everybody's there for them. That fourth, fifth, sixth month, it begins to drag on. They're forgotten about. Yeah, and I can attest to that. I mean, mm. being through several year deployments, uh, taking care of mom. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it's not a bad thing on – on the churches or on people. It's just, it's easy to forget. It is. And that's the big thing. So definitely remember um, the families at home of these veterans because they serve in a way uh, that's very unique, uh, just as in the way that veterans serve. And so if you're out there listening, there's a veteran in your church. There's someone serving in the military in your church. Go thank them this this Sunday. Um, tell them thank you for your service, but also go to the wives, go to the husbands, go to the children, and say thank you for the sacrifice that you make as well. In the next segment, we're going to have retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. He's the Vice President of Family Research Council. We're going to continue talking about how we can honor the veterans of today and the veterans of yesterday. Stay tuned.